listening to Dirty Feet, and this is Alison Burns recording from Odd Studios in Ottawa, Ontario. We're continuing our coverage of the Dark Horse Dance Projects. This is the second episode where we are going to talk to a new slew of artists who are presenting work as part of the showcase. The episode will be bilingual, with the majority of the conversation taking place in English and some French as well. Enjoy. We're going to be speaking next with a, a group of four artists, the choreographer Charles Cardin-Bourbeau, as well as his three dancers during this performance, uh, Jesse Lot, Aliyah Graham, and Annabelle Boissonneau. We're going to be talking about this work, which I haven't seen, but uh, we'll, uh, we'll hear all about it and get it painted with your words. Charles, what uh, is the proposition of the work that you're presenting? It's a mishmash of two ideas. Uh, at first, it was... Uh how to create a new human being that is not really human, more animalistic, but not, uh, yeah, I didn't know where I wanted to go with that. I just, I had that image in my head. And then I discovered the uh, Les Expositions Coloniales, or the Colonial Exposition in 1931 in Paris that happened uh, not so long ago. And they had uh, these... Uh, human zoos or like these humans in in um prisons or what do you call them i i wouldn't i wouldn't know how to say it just hit <laughs> cages <laughs> and uh they would be exposed and they we people noble people could go see them and um see these uh, humans in those cages <laughs> and that just inspired me to go forward with that humanoid idea in cages yeah oh that's very interesting as this is you know you're already exhibiting these these three women exactly performers on stage and uh doing it in a in a way that is more socially acceptable i suppose than, <laughs> than putting them in a cage <laughs> i'm wondering how uh, your interprets feel about this subject matter and uh and interpreting that it's a world like we all talked about it for a little while and uh we've been thinking about it a lot like since like a couple months ago and we yeah exactly and then we started to create like just some movement with some restrictions with um bandages that that like restricted like some of the movements of our wrists and uh ankles and stuff so We've been like working with that for the whole process of the 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 creation, so yeah, I guess it was a cool way to explore and explore different like a bunch of different things and uh with the the colonial exhibit as well, it was a good like outside outside thing to explore in our heads and in our minds to uh, like a place an interesting place to go and try to uh to feel something different with that we had to like. Uh, explore our character and at, when we began it was, it was more physical stuff that we were working on but after we discovered that we had to work on our character our interpretation so it was nice and then we mixed the physical thing and the interpretation and it was a nice build up 
Thank you, Annabelle and Jesse. All right, so the four of you are all graduates from the Ottawa School of Dance, and I'm understanding that the majority of you actually currently live in Montreal, except for Alia, who is uh, still a resident of Ottawa. Uh, I'm wondering what it means to, to come back and present uh, this work at the Dark Horse Dance Projects and, uh, and here at Odd in Ottawa. Uh, well, for my part, it's the second time I am participating in this project. Uh, well, actually, everyone is it's <laughs> everyone participated, but not in this in the same project uh, together. Uh, so, for me, it's important to come back to Ottawa, uh, mostly because this is where I grew up artistically, um, and I just feel that it's someone's responsibility to make the artistic world in Ottawa grow and I'm just really happy to see that some people as like Marie-Pierre and uh, Jocelyn are making it happen so I really want to participate and I really want to um, endorse them in that uh, initiative. And Annabelle? Yeah it's always I find it's always good to come like to come back in Ottawa. It feels like home and I'm always like every time I have a project in here, I'm really proud of the like of the small dance community that is going on but still growing and growing like every year after year. So yeah, it's just a like a good feeling to come back here and and present present stuff that that comes from our hearts that are that is of course influenced by by what we've learned here, but also influenced by all of the other things around from Montreal, but from everywhere else as well. So yeah, for me, it's important to move around and find different cities and go to some different places and stuff. So to travel also. Charles, you have a background as being an interprète for, for a couple important Montreal uh, companies. I'm wondering if you can speak about how that uh, has affected your work or whether it hasn't affected your work as a choreographer. Ooh, and talk about some of the companies you've worked with. <laughs> that's a good question because uh, that was actually one of my struggles with this piece. Um, for sure, I've been very inspired by the works of everyone I've worked with, actually. And and recently, I've been working with Marie Chouinard and Overtigo. Uh, so it's two distinct uh, choreographers that have been in the world for a very long time. So it has been, for me, a struggle not to inspire myself too much. And um, at the same time, I'm really grateful to have seen these worlds. So they have molded, molded uh, some of my artistic views and artistic um, way of shaping things around me now. Um, I couldn't say really how much they influenced me but they are very present in my new way of creating now, for sure. And for the dancers who work both in Ottawa and in Montreal, I'm wondering if you could speak at all about um, the link between the two cities. Uh, you know, they're only two and a half hours away by car kind of thing, and what, what it is that, uh, that keeps you in Montreal versus Ottawa. I, I have been working with Ottawa Dance Directives uh, as soon as I graduated, and I also worked, as I said before, with Overtigo and, and uh, Marie Chouinard in Montreal. And I have to say, it's, not, it's mostly the contract 
that will be if I can I will come back to Ottawa I've been staying in Montreal because the work has been really good but then again I've been coming over to Ottawa uh, when I can um, because I really love being back here in the community uh, so for me it's really mostly contracts that are keeping me in any cities that I'm, I'm going to traveling to <laughs> Yeah, like for now, I live in Montreal more of like for for um like personal and like family and stuff like personal reasons and families. And I like to have like like a base somewhere. And I like Montreal, so it's and like it's pretty much like it's really central. And I find uh, that yeah, it's easy for me to come back to Ottawa. It goes with the projects as well. And um, yeah, I guess I guess it's ju for me. It's just really nice to like go from a city to another and be always kind of moving but still have a like a home base somewhere because I, I know I need it so and it's a good way to like still be open-minded and still because even if it's like contemporary dance in every different cities it's still there's still like a, like a touch of different things that you can associate or without like being too like um, general Yeah, it's two different dynamic, Ottawa and Montreal, but uh, I don't stop to these two cities. Like I want to expand and my knowledge, knowledges, and uh, so yes, I'm living in Montreal and I have projects in Ottawa, and it's nice because we have collaboration and different backgrounds, people, so we have a nice, nice yeah projects that we put together and I also want to go to Europe maybe one day uh, and be able like to to have projects in both um, yeah or different cities yeah okay it's about time to wrap up I'm wondering if anybody has any last words on this piece that you're presenting on Dark Horse on life <laughs> <laughs> well, it would be amazing if a lot of people could come and see this amazing initiative in Ottawa for the second edition. I think this year it's uh, very well wrapped up. It's um, a lot of choreographers compared to last year. And uh, I think there's going to be a lot of good projects going on. And I can't wait to see it. So Wonderful. Thank you so much for, for joining me. I've been speaking with a, a crew behind one of the works that's being presented as part of Dark Horse Dance Projects here in Ottawa. Uh, the choreographer uh, who you've been listening to is Charles Cardin Bourbeau and, uh, and his three uh, performers, Jesse, Alia, and Annabelle. Thank you so much. Thank Bye -bye. you. Next up, I'm going to be speaking with Keir Knight, who is the choreographer of yet another work that's going to be presented as part of the Dark Horse Dance Projects. And uh, Keir has a whole team uh, working on the project as well who are not present. So I would love it if you could just introduce us to your team, Keir. Yeah, um, so it's uh, myself and um, a girl named Allison Blakely. Um, and sh her and I uh, have known each other throughout the years. She was a dancer in Montreal. We never really danced together, but... Um, An ex-boyfriend of hers did music for Edward Locke back in the day, and um, and we met up here in Ottawa and had talked about doing work together. Um, and never really, I, I think we we both did something for Nuit Blanche, but we never really choreographed a piece together. And so we asked her to, to participate. So Alison Blakely, 
So I'm collaborating um, musically with a guy named Ahmad Hashem, who uh, makes really beautiful music. And we, we were making music without uh, any real goal in mind. We were just jamming on Tuesdays. And when I found out about this Dark Horse dance project, I approached him and asked him if he would make music for a dance piece. And it turns out that that's something that he'd always been really interested in doing, was creating sort of ambiance uh, for performance art or, or film or dance pieces. So um, we sat down and just sort of hashed out um, you know, the rough ideas of, of the, you know, what the piece would look like with mood and coloring, and he made beautiful music. So that was my music collaborator, Ahmed Hashem. Brilliant. And uh, you, you mentioned it uh, quickly there about Locke, but you actually used to dance for La 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 Human Steps when the company was still around in Montreal. Yeah. Yeah. That's fantastic. Uh, I'm curious about how working with a, with a choreographer, a well-established choreographer like that, affects your choreographic process when you switch roles. Uh, it's a good question. Um, and actually, that was something that I had a lot of um, anxiety about was... Um, Maybe maybe it's different with other choreographers, but um, all I know is that work. Like I, I literally spent pretty much my entire career doing Edward Locke's work for, for the most part. I did some ballet, some classical ballet, and then I moved right into dancing for Edward Locke. And then when I kind of left La 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 Human Steps, I, I, I ended up dancing more Edward Locke work with Louise Le Cavalier. We revisited his old work, older works together. So um, so yeah, as a choreographer, or to step into the role of choreographer. Um, I had a lot of anxiety about uh, just, you know, sort of rehashing uh, this very specific aesthetic and style that I'd, that I'd come to know uh, throughout my career. But um, uh, what could I say? Um, that's, yeah, um, he's a brilliant choreographer and, uh, and, and I felt a, a real personal connection to, to that type of movement, um, which uh, for the most part isn't really open for improvisation. It's very calculated and and um, full, you know, a lot, of, a lot of movements, a lot of steps, a lot of busyness, um, and very fast. Uh, so what I tried to explore choreographically was the opposite. So I, I got into uh, Qigong, uh, Qigong movement, which is very slow, very fluid, um, kind of healing energy movement, uh, which is to me pretty much the exact opposite of, of that Edward Lockean kind of style. And that, that, yeah, that was a way for me to just sort of break the mold, you know, I guess, or break the, you know, any, any kind of influence that, that that would have had on me. To answer your question really briefly, because I tend to ramble on, um, the influence that working with Edward Locke would have is, is, is it risks to be pretty severe because, um, <laughs> because it's, uh, you know, it's um, very, uh, very stylized and, and, uh, and so yeah, I, I had to really try to change channels in my mind and try to try to work from a from another perspective. And then when it gets to to the nitty gritty, technically how you you go through a, a, a creative process and and working with another dancer, working with Allison, um, do you did you take a different approach to how to explain your movement to another interpreter or another dancer? Um, based on what you what you've learned from working with Louise, Luke, working with Edward, and, and being a dancer yourself and somebody else's work. Yeah, I think um, you know, especially I, all, all I all I've got now is this piece that that we worked on here, um, and this piece I just sort of explained. It came from a very personal story, you know, like I wanted to tell a story. Um, so um, I, I also didn't want to make it too obvious, uh, but it's pretty obvious the story I think, and uh, and so to to explain that. Um, yeah, I sat down with Allison and I just said, look, this is 
this is basically the story and she got it right away and I sat down with Ahmed and I said this is the story this is how I want to tell the story and he got it right away so it was it was very easy it was actually a lot easier um and as far as movements um yeah I I, I would say that uh no I I I don't think uh, the way I the way I approached working with them um, was similar at all to to the way I, I worked with Edward Locke. Um, someone as established and and as uh, respected as Edward Locke, there, there's not much dialogue. I'd say there's it's it's very much uh, um, it comes it comes from above and everyone obeys. You know what I mean? Maybe I'd just say that um, I, I I you know I I liked uh, working with Louise a lot with this like where everybody's on the same level kind of thing, you know, as much as Louise is, is, you know, kind of uh, dance royalty in a lot of respects. She's, she's got two feet on the ground. She's very rooted. She's very salt of the earth type of person and, and makes you aware that, you know, we're equals and, and that kind of thing. And I think that's really important um, when you're working on artistic stuff is to try to let go of ego or let go of this kind of uh, role of, um, you know, power, power struggles, things like that. So, so yeah, um, I don't really want to get into the psychology of like what it was like to work with it or like, but I will say this: um, the way that um, th there were two ways that that I felt really influenced. One one was that um, you know the, there's there's a lot of movements that um, obviously are, are in my body that I, I find express you know what I'd like to say choreographically. Um, so I felt influenced by the work that I did with Louise and Edward. Um, but uh, in in the rehearsals we had. Um, very little talking, you know, like it was, it was more just moving, exploring, videoing that, looking at it, saying, oh yeah, that's cool. Let's take, let's take that. Uh, it sounds like, uh, two very successful collaborations, uh, in the works right here. I'm wondering if there's already plans for a next step or a next choreographic project on the horizon for you. Yeah. Um, I'm, well, you know, I took a break, uh, from dancing and, and took a break from being involved in dance. And, uh, and now I'm, I, I really, I really appreciate uh, having having that back in my life. So, um, as far as choreographing stuff, um, yeah, I've got. Uh, well, there's a couple dance gigs that are on the horizon, but with choreo choreography, I'd like to work on some dance film stuff with my, especially my musical collaborator. We've talked about a couple ideas, film ideas that we'd like to do here in Ottawa. So. Excellent. Yes, Ottawa. So what brings you to the uh, Dark Horse Dance projects in the first place, seeing as uh, I think you're the first guest we've had that isn't uh, necessarily a graduate from the Ottawa School of Dance? Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, that's true. You guys are all from the same school pretty much. Um, the, uh, yeah, what, what, how did this come about? Um, maybe two years ago at the National... Uh, yeah, it was at the National Arts Centre. We were watching a Frederick Gavel piece, and I met Jocelyn. And Jocelyn... Um, and I met backstage uh, during the Canada Dance Festival 2015 and she mentioned that she was doing uh, a small uh, emerging choreographer festival and asked me if I'd like to contribute something to it and uh, I wasn't sure that I did because I, I was just sort of getting my feet uh, here in Ottawa and wasn't sure I wanted to take on the stress of everything that's involved with creating a dance piece. <laughs> and, uh, and so I didn't but I went and saw it and I really enjoyed it and, and I thought it was a really successful uh, festival and I knew I wanted to be part of it the next year and so yeah we talked and, and that's how that happened uh, I think she asked me if um, I would contribute uh, my bio uh, to, to, to the application for for funding for the for the festival and I said by all means you know I, I would like to be part of that and and so then uh, when it came to fruition she said okay now 
do a piece. <laughs> so that's how that worked. But yeah. But yeah, I'm really, I'm, I'm really grateful for that. Um, you know, I, I think uh, it's no, no secret that there's, it, it's a very small community in Ottawa. And so there's, uh, there's, you know, it's, I, I guess I wasn't expecting uh, it to be as, as fun and as thriving as it is, you know, like to, to meet a group of people that are young, that are, that are actually putting on shows and, and making it happen is refreshing and it's, and it's exciting. Awesome. What a great note to say goodbye on. Here, Knight, uh, the choreographer of one of the works in the Dark Horse Dance Project, has uh, just joined me, and thank you so much for doing so. Oh, thank you. For the uh, next set of artists that I'm going to be speaking with, uh, we're going to have a familiar voice on the on the air. It's uh, Marie-France Jacques, who we've had on a couple of times. Uh, for for what reasons? Can you remind me? Uh, it was a solo that I presented for Vue sur la Relève, and le nom c'était Aspire. So it was like two or three years ago, I think. Wonderful. But that hasn't been the last time we saw each other, which is great. Yeah. <laughs> and also uh, Julie Timchuk, who is uh, joining us as well. You two have created a collaboration a, a piece together. And uh, you both currently reside in Montreal and are now, right now, in Ottawa to present this work. And uh, uh, we're going to do a little franglais again for this uh, uh, interview. So this is actually a piece that uh, the first iteration of it was presented at, so you think that was dance in April of this year. Um, however, it's so different than it was in <laughs> April. I had the chance to see a run this time around and uh, it's completely transformed. The whole mood, the whole texture of the work has changed. Um, can you consider it the same work? Je pense que même le nom a changé. C'est comme... De l'idée de base, on parlait plus de, de l'image de la rockstar, puis du fame, puis le, tout le glamour qui va avec ça. Puis on mettait ça beaucoup en opposition avec le fait d'être comme quelconque, puis d'être juste un dans une masse, puis de pas vraiment avoir d'identité. C'est un peu comme la glorification de l'identité, l'image de la rockstar versus comme tout l'aspect plus... comme humain, ben verre de terre, parce qu'on utilise l'image du verre de terre versus euh, l'humain. Puis ça, de ce qu'on a gardé de ça, c'est vraiment l'aspect de l'évolution de l'humain. Tout le, le fait qu'on commence ensemble, on a une bâche, c'est dur à expliquer en mots, mais on, oui, c'est ça, c'est un peu l'évolution de la conscience humaine. On commence ensemble, un, puis là, on évolue chacun dans notre direction. Finalement, on ne devient jamais des rockstars. Cette partie a complètement été effacée. Mais c'est ça qui nous a amené l'idée de base d'évolution. Puis... Mais il y a aussi, euh, à l'école, on avait fait une pièce qui s'appelait « Le rock n'est pas mort ». Alors, je pense qu'on est parti de cette envie de poursuivre la collaboration. Fait qu'on est parti d'une pièce qu'on connaissait. Puis finalement, comme on était interpellés par comme, un autre sujet, juste par l'écoute du podcast, finalement. Fait que je pense qu'on s'est laissé beaucoup plus inspirer par le podcast. Puis... Ouais. En fait, c'est un podcast qui parle de l'évolution de la conscience humaine. Donc, c'est de là qu'on est parti comme... Mais le podcast n'est même plus dans la pièce finale, en plus. Donc, c'est vraiment yes, des, des seeds that we just followed, and then it brought this. And, you know, it's only 10 minutes, so we kind of kept the essence of it. 
so the rest just disappeared. But for us, it's still there somewhere. But like for the audience, I think it's <laughs> it's hard to yeah to see. Yeah, I mean that is definitely one of the most notable differences. Is there's an episode of. Um, is it Radio Lab that that plays yeah. at the beginning of the original piece and gives a uh, it plays for a while. You get a lot of of information from this mm. podcast about about your themes, and yeah. now it's distorted and covered, and you don't get any information from yeah. from the audio. Um, I mean, literal language yeah. information. <laughs> you get information in, in another sense, but um, so. Is there something about how concretizing your idea let you let go of the language, or was it um, did it become no longer about that? What was it that let you drop the the words? Yeah, it's still it's funny because it's still about that, but we thought that if we re we really wanted it to be a meditative and super like immersive, so we're like if we put the podcast with the words and like scientific information is going to bring people back in their their mind and dans l'espèce de conscience intelligence donc on voulait pas ramener la on voulait que ça reste super sensoriel fait que là on s'est dit ah tu sais puis on a parlé avec le musicien puis comme moi moi aussi j'aimerais ça que ce soit plus vraiment en background comme juste des glitches de ça puis ce qui est drôle c'est qu'on a un teaser un petit film là, un petit film de deux minutes puis le podcast il est au complet dans le teaser, fait il y a un lien, mais c'est très... <rire> le lien est resté mince, là. Puis, je pense qu'on a utilisé aussi beaucoup le podcast comme pour nous donner comme de la matière, comme un peu notre discours interne ou comme nos étapes euh, d'évolution. fait que ça a plus nourri un peu toute la, la dramaturgie de la pièce, puis on voulait pas nécessairement qu'il soit entièrement présent parce que là, ça l'amenait trop le spectateur à, à comprendre, intellectualiser. Fait qu'on voulait aller dans l'esthétique, comme Marie-France, elle a dit, juste l'être de la chose. And there is there is a, a great exploration of the, the the two of you creating one creature and this kind of, the comfort in, in moving together. Mm -hmm. um, is this something that, that just kind of bleeds naturally out of studying at the same place, studying at L'École de Danse Contemporaine de Montréal together, or where does that interest come from? I think it's when, like, we have a, a tarp, which is pretty obvious on stage, and I think, like, Julie brought the tarp one day, the tarp idea, and we're like, yeah, maybe we could be la même créature, toujours dans cette idée de, comme, de de pas être dans, dans l'ego ou dans la glorification de soi. C'est comme, tu sais, si on est la même chose, puis on est vraiment une entité, un peu justement l'idée de la créature, parce que dans le podcast, il parle beaucoup de vers de terre, vers le, le singe, puis tout, en tout cas, de, des différentes créatures vivantes. Fait que je pense que c'est de là qu'est venue l'idée de... Puis aussi, ça nous fait une genre de carapace, puis comme on en sort espèce de laisser la carapace derrière, puis après, on devient plus des individus qui prennent des, des directions différentes. Mm -hmm. Mais sinon, je pense que c'est vraiment partie de quelque chose de bestial, un peu, là, de créature, puis de... To disassemble all your limbs and put them back together in yeah. one. Mm -hmm. Oui, il y avait cette idée d'être la même chose, puis à travers l'évolution de la pièce, comme on retrouvait notre identité, comme... Puis comme chacune sa propre évolution. Fait, je pense qu'on voulait mettre ça en lumière, comme une chose, puis tout, il y a comme un élément qui fait en sorte qu'il y a une rupture, mais on ne peut pas nécessairement la voir, mais c'est juste 
intérieur, puis on, on retrouve notre propre personnalité ou singularité. Ou... By the way, you're both rock stars. Definitely, definitely saw that. <laughs> uh, and uh, to the to the practicality of this of this thing, what brings you to the Dark Horse Dance Project? What's uh, the connection to Ottawa, and what does it mean to present work here in this context? Ben, c'est sûr que Marie-France est venue étudier un an à The School of Dance, mais je pense que c'était le fait qu'on connaît Marie-Pierre, puis j'ai vu passer l'application, puis il y a eu une envie d'aller présenter ailleurs, une envie de découvrir une autre communauté en danse, puis on est venu faire une mini-résidence ici, j'étais super impressionnée qu'il y a beaucoup de choses qui se passent, puis des choses que je connaissais pas. C'était plus de découvrir, puis c'est intéressant d'avoir une autre perspective, puis d'aller à l'école, de School of Dance, voir les locaux, ça l'ouvre comme un... Des, je sais pas, ça l'ouvre... Il y a une ouverture, en fait. Oui, puis aussi toute la... Tu sais, de pas être chez nous, de comme... C'est vraiment comme... On dit on, on est on tour, même si c'est un two-hour drive, mais juste d'être comme vraiment ensemble, tu sais, un peu immergé dans, dans le travail, au lieu de rentrer chez nous, dans nos trucs, tu sais. Quand on est venu en résidence aussi ici, là, mais je pense que tout le monde qui est déjà allé en résidence à l'extérieur pendant une période ou même faire des shows, t es, t es, tu peux vraiment être comme dans le... Dans la pièce, puis tu sais, euh, vivre seul au lieu d'aller travailler le, le matin. <rire> oui, tu sais, Fait que, ouais, puis c'est aussi découvrir le milieu ici, puis euh, rencontrer les danseurs d'ici. Puis aussi de, de voir comment on s'exprime. C'est différent de rencontrer d'autres artistes, puis de se présenter. Ça, ça l'informe beaucoup mm. sur qui on est ou où on est rendu dans notre cheminement. Juste. Puis on a senti beaucoup d'ouverture ici. Quand on est venu en résidence, il y avait beaucoup de curiosité. On est qui? Alors ça nous amenait à nous identifier différemment qu'à Montréal, que peut-être que les gens ont l'impression de nous connaître, mais en fait, ils ne nous connaissent pas vraiment. Il y a beaucoup de danseurs. Fait on voit beaucoup de visages, mais personne ne prend vraiment le temps de venir nous voir. Comme, qu que, sur quoi vous travaillez? Ah, OK, vous faites ça. Fait, ici, on a senti une place à l'ouverture, puis les gens étaient curieux de savoir qui on était. <laughs> Rockstars, once again. Uh, any, any last words about Dark Horse or about the, the work? Course. Mais je, moi, je trouve c'est vraiment un projet, là. je trouve ça vraiment exceptionnel de faire venir autant de, des danseurs d'ici, mais je pense qu'il y a des gens genre des États-Unis, deux groupes de Montréal, puis de, ça, ça nous, on va voir nos, nos collègues de Montréal avec qui on danse dans d'autres projets, d'être dans un autre contexte, même de voir qu'est-ce qu'ils font ici, en tout cas c'est le fun de... C'est vraiment un beau projet, je trouve que les filles ont monté, puis euh, c'est beaucoup de travail, là, mais ça amène... Euh, je pense que c'est une communauté à, de, qui avait besoin de ça aussi. Il y a déjà hâte qui font leurs choses, d'avoir ça pour la relève, puis les gens qui sortent de l'école, puis euh, je pense que c'est vraiment... Euh, ça va inciter les, les gens qui sortent de l'école à créer, puis à, mm -hmm. ouais, à avoir leur propre signature artistique. Fait que non, c'est un beau euh, projet... Ouais. Merci beaucoup. I've been speaking with Julie Timchuk and Marie-France Jacques from uh, Montreal. Merci. Next up, I'll be speaking with another solo artist who's choreographed a work on herself. I'm going to be speaking with Kay Kenny, who is uh, 
another graduate from the School of Dance here in Ottawa, uh, but is currently based in Kingston. Yes. So welcome. Thank you. Thank Good you to be here. <laughs> thank you for expanding the geography of this episode even <laughs> further. Uh, this is great. So let's talk about not only what brought you to Ottawa for the showcase, but what brought you to the School of Dance for training in the first place? Um, I grew up studying a ballet and I was a complete bunhead for most of my adolescent years. And um, around the time I was auditioning for dance schools, I broke my knee. So I had to take a year off, which gave me some more time to kind of suss out all the schools in the area. I knew I wanted to leave Kingston, that's for sure. <laughs> um, there's not a lot of dance that happens there, unfortunately. And uh, I found the School of Dance. I auditioned and... There was a few other schools in Toronto I auditioned for as well, but I just, I don't know, I had a connection with Ottawa, so I came here and I studied at the School of Dance. I started in 2009. And have you maintained uh, the relationship with the city since since going away, or is Dark Horse really a grand return? Um, actually, I dance for Ottawa Dance Directive, one of the, where we're dancing right now, so... Uh, um, Yvonne Coots is the artistic, artistic director, and I've been dancing for them since 2013, so almost right out of school, and I'm back here on contracts for decent chunks of the year all the time. So um, I was here um, April, May, June, and now I'm back end of July. <laughs> all right. So are you doing any dancing in Kingston? Um, I'm doing more choreography. So I'm trying to get the dance buzz happening there. I actually just directed and choreographed my first full-length work ever, and it was hosted in Kingston, which was pretty cool because it's a one-of-a-kind thing um, for the area as well as a first-time thing for myself. So it was good to expose the city to that, and we sold out, and the dancers were great, even though some of them hadn't trained professionally before, and it went really well. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. Very exciting. <laughs> All right. So was that, that was a piece that you were not in then? No. I, yeah. I was just uh, head heading that. I was a choreographer and it was about 75 minutes. And actually the music that I'm using in this solo is kind of a revamped version of something I used in that piece. Okay. So, mm -hmm. Yeah. So let's talk about this. Now you've chosen to do a solo on yourself for this project. Yes. What made this piece, this uh, comedic, dark theatrical <laughs> dance work um the the appropriate one for this presentation I'm still trying to figure that out right now um I haven't created a solo since I was in school and I think it's one of the hardest ways to create is being by yourself in the studio lots of just like being in my head and thinking um but my grandmother I got her this book for uh Christmas two Christmases ago and um on her 80th birthday, she decided that she was going to write the first 80 days of her life on the 80 pages in the notebook. So I've been studying this, and uh, that's what this piece is based off of. So it's hearing, it's kind of acting through my grandmother's eyes a little bit, and all the stories I've heard in her journal that she gave me. Let's talk about how you would describe the work. I know I've thrown a couple words at it, but mm -hmm. but how do you see the work? Um, reflective. Uh, a little bit trying to take a peek into the future. Um, I'm really interested in the idea of aging. It terrifies me and excites me and all of these things that come with it. So I wanted to explore that a little bit. Um, and yeah, it's definitely heavy. Like, you know, we're aging every day, like no day is going to be the same. And I just, 
I wanted to explore that and see how I could turn it into a work um, pulled through um, what my grandmother kind of brought to the table without knowing it in this journal. And there are a lot of different elements uh, mm-hmm. involved in, in, in the presentation. Like I, As I mentioned, there's theatrics to it. You use props. Uh, you use your voice. Yes. What, uh, where did these elements come from? Is it something you decide that you are going to utilize from the top? Or is it something that comes through when you start exploring uh, your grandmother's history? Um, I knew I wanted to be speaking for sure. The props came in later on. Um, and this book is filled with so many different things that I really had a hard time narrowing down what the concept would be and the idea because, um, and what I wanted to say out loud as well as in movement and try and contrast that both so that they match up. I, I kind of have the same question about, about the comedy of the work. Mm-hmm. And is that something that you you kind of stumbled upon and realized was humorous and pushed? Or is it something that you were aiming for? Uh, I think I more or less stumbled upon it. I tend to do things that like are pretty sad. <laughs> so I wanted to make sure I started at least... Thought, tried to uh, start a little bit on a peppier note and the music is really heavy so I wanted to build a contrast um, with the text so that's kind of how I played around with that and how has your experience been thus far I know you haven't opened the show yet but mm-hmm. how has it been to be a part of the dark horse dance lineup it's it's been great it's i love jocelyn and mary pierre they've set something really special up and unfortunately i was teaching in toronto last year so i didn't get to see the show but i've heard all the amazing buzz about it and um i'm so pumped to be involved and i was just talking to someone they were asking me who i had coming and i said a lot of my friends are in the show which is pretty cool so um that in itself is just neat seeing all of these people from so many years of being here in ottawa come back for this specific specific thing so it's pretty nice yes yeah. we've been hearing this refrain of of uh the reunion aspect the reunion. of this showcase yeah which is great Great. Thank you so much. I've been speaking with Kay Kenny, who is presenting a solo work as part of the Dark Horse Dance Project. Yes. Number, uh, it's called 62680. That's the title of the piece. Great. <laughs> Next up, we have another uh, duo of ladies who are coming all the way from Montreal to present work as part of Dark Horse here in Ottawa. Uh, Both of these uh, artists have been on Dirty Feet in the past, so we're going to start there as an introduction. Um, So there is a collaboration, but uh, there is one choreographer in this duo who is Elise Bergeron, and uh, I want to say hello and welcome back to Dirty Feet, and can you remind our listeners when uh, we would have heard from you in the past on the show on dirty feet um i think it was for zonoma uh, i was performing with atypical collective for it it was calling a uh, squat 4200 at this time but now this piece this part of piece it's called tram <laughs> so keeping keeping it active uh doing more work you're showing this this short piece as part of um the Dark Horse Project, and I would like to know uh, what it is that brings you to Ottawa to present this work. What is your connection to the city? Mm-hmm. Um, en fait, um, 
j'ai vu passer l'appel de projet, puis euh, euh, je connais un peu la communauté d'Ottawa parce que j'ai déjà, euh, euh, déjà fait une session, en fait, à School of Dance, puis j'avais trouvé la communauté de la danse vraiment euh, solidaire ensemble. Puis je trouve qu'ils ont une, une force de continuer à essayer de faire des projets puis à essayer de faire vivre la danse à Ottawa, qui, je pense, qui est un peu, toujours un peu précaire. Puis je trouvais ça beau d'avoir de, de, cette opportunité-là, en fait, de venir euh, euh, peut-être donner un peu de, de mousse à la danse contemporaine d'Ottawa, puis de pouvoir participer, de revenir un peu dans ce, ce, cet univers-là. Puis comme je connaissais bien Marie-Pierre Gilbert, qu'on avait travaillé ensemble et tout, euh, ça a été comme une, un peu une, une porte d'entrée pour me dire « OK, let's go, je le fais, je dépose pour le projet ». Perfect. And at this point, I'd also like to introduce uh, your your dancer, who's Rosie Quentin, who in the past has been the roommate of a past co-host of Dirty Feet, J.D. Papillon, <laughs> just, to, just to really bring the family in close. <laughs> And uh, Rosie, you've also been on the show before for a couple different projects. Do you want to remind us what those were? En fait, j'étais de passage à Dirty Feet pour euh, Danse Bissonia. Je ne sais plus exactement c'est quelle année, par contre, je suis un peu confuse. Mais c'était pour euh, la pièce Rond-Point que j'avais... Euh, co-créé et co-interprété avec Frédéric Wiper. Puis euh, voilà, on avait discuté de ça. Puis je pense que j'avais collaboré aussi avec Elise sur Squat 4200. Mais je ne me souviens plus si j'étais présente à l'émission, mais j'ai travaillé sur la pièce avec toi, en tout cas. In any case, we're here now. Oui, c'est ça. <rire> voilà, voilà le lien. Is this your first time performing in Ottawa? Oui. Excellent. Oui. And I've had the opportunity to see a run of the work, um, which is very, uh, it has a very clear proposition visually with your costumes and your set and your sound and your hair. And I want to know uh, what the seed of the project was and, and how that grew and where the mise-en-scène came from and whether it was the movement first or... This proposition. Euh, non, en, ben oui, euh, en fait, tout ça, <rire> tout ça vient d'une idée stupide de base. En fait, parce que je, je, je portais un, un veston de cuir qui, à chaque fois qu'il y avait, qui était vraiment bruyant. Puis à chaque fois qu'il y avait des silences, on entendait juste tout le temps mon mon manteau de cuir. Puis <rire> je me suis dit, ça serait super de d'écrire de, une partition dansée pour le cuir. Puis c'est de là la, 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 vraiment que la graine de cette idée-là de Blau est née. Puis, euh, on a eu l'opportunité de participer au séminaire de création euh, avec l'Université de Montréal et euh, coordonné avec euh, Sarah Bild et euh, Anna Sokolovic, où euh, ça nous permettait de collaborer avec des compositeurs euh, en, euh, de musique à l'Université de Montréal. Puis là, je me suis dit, je vais, je vais juste comme essayer, participer à ce projet-là, puis tester cette idée-là qui, qui trame dans ma tête depuis vraiment longtemps. Puis de là, en fil, de fil en aiguille, on a comme vraiment créé un univers à travers ça, vraiment en collaboration avec Joshua Bucci, puis Olivier Marin qui était, qui est, euh, l'altiste aussi qui accompagne euh, le son de la cuirette. À la base, je voulais vraiment juste euh, travailler avec le son de cuirette. On voulait je voulais travailler avec un, un textile, puis on est revenu à l'idée du, du cuir, à l'idée de la cuirette. Puis on a ajouté aussi une autre pa partie qui est un peu plus de métallique par rapport à l'aluminium. 
là, de fil en aiguille, on a mis des couches, on a mis d'autres couches, puis là, j'avais des idées de, de gros masques, comme qui montent vraiment haut, puis on est revenu à une idée plus simple où les cheveux couvrent le visage, parce que j'aime quand même bien l'idée de cacher l'identité. Euh, tout ça a mené à, vers quelque chose d'un peu plus euh, métaphorique, ou que avec la gestuelle qui... J'avais une obsession avec la spirale. Puis je suis née avec la spirale, puis j'ai commencé à travailler avec la spirale. Puis en, à force de travailler avec la spirale, il y a quelque chose de bien spirituel qui, qui vient avec ça. Puis une espèce de, de connexion, pour moi, qui se crée entre tout cet univers immense et la petitesse d'un ADN sur Terre. Donc, <rire> tout ça pour dire que... Tout ça est lié, tout blau, chaque élément de blau est lié euh, par rapport à la spirale, par rapport au son, par rapport à l'énergie, par rapport euh, à la musique. Et <laughs> voix as well. C'est un élément très puissant et très grounded qui est dans le travail, et aussi eerie, eerie travail. Oui, qu'est-ce que tu as à dire sur cet élément? Où est-ce que impose itself uh, into the project and uh, say, I want to be heard. I don't know uh, where it's come from. I just don't really know because um, uh, j'étais dans une résidence de création toute seule avec uh, cette idée-là de Blau après avoir travaillé déjà avec Rosie ou qu'on avait présenté un solo. On savait qu'on voulait aller dans un duo puis je voulais comme prendre un temps pour uh, juste retrouver c'est quoi uh, la gestuelle puis aller creuser un peu plus loin par moi-même. Puis je me suis retrouvée en studio toute seule euh, à Val-David, aux Lézards locaux. Puis euh, euh, j'étais toute seule en studio, puis j'avais envie de travailler avec la méditation beaucoup. J'étais dans un trip où euh, j'écoutais des sons de planète euh, <rire> de 30 minutes, là, un son de Saturne. <rire> je, me, je, je, me suis, je me suis mis dans des états de méditation où je me, je lance, je me lançais dans des improvisations, puis à un certain point, la voix est arrivée par le, par le mouvement, en fait, beaucoup par le mouvement, par euh, l'oscillation, par euh, le balancer qui est venu beaucoup. Puis ce balancer-là a amené euh, une respiration dans le diaphragme qui, qui a amené finalement la voix. Puis. Il y a quelque chose de... Je sais pas. Il y a quelque chose que j'ai vraiment aimé parce que pas, pas, ça fait pas partie du tout de mon travail à la base. Comme ça m'a confrontée. Ça il y a quelque chose qui, qui est sorti de loin de mon instinct. Puis j'avais envie de, de l'exploiter davantage. Puis avec Rosie, on, <rire> on a fait en sorte que ça puisse mener vers quelque chose que je comprends pas encore. <rire> All right. <rire> Now I want to hear from Rosie being being taken um, on this on this journey. <laughs> It's also a very intimate piece between the two of you. You were in close proximity, and uh, there's a lot of of really um, literal translation of movement. Like uh, the, you're very uniform in in your vocabulary. Your movement vocabulary is very similar um, and exact. And so what, it, what is it like to, to be in this process, Rosie, and to kind of take all this information on and, and how much did you feed into that? How much did you accept? What was the collaboration like? Mm. En fait, la, co la collaboration avec Elise, euh, 
Elle commence à dater, là, ça fait déjà un bon, je pense à ça, tantôt près de dix ans qu'on <rire> qu contribue au projet de l'une et l'autre de différentes manières. Oui, ça fait longtemps, huit ans en fait, huit ans précisément. Puis, le, Élise, sa démarche, c'est une démarche qui s'est construite vraiment petit à petit, mais il euh, y, y a vraiment des points qui qui reviennent d'un projet à l'autre. Puis finalement, il y a beaucoup de similitudes d'un projet à l'autre, mais c'est abordé juste avec de plus en plus de clarté, de cohérence, d'éloquence, de, de, ben, à, à, à mon avis, de l'intérieur. Puis, euh, fait, et assurément qu'avec le temps, c'est des projets qui se, qui se construisent l'un à la suite de l'autre, l'un en réponse à l'autre. Donc, à, après peut-être huit ans de collaboration on and off, on finit par se saisir dans, dans, une, dans une finesse assez naturelle, je pense. Puis on, on a des corps qui peuvent aborder le mouvement de... On n'est pas à milieu l'une de l'autre dans, dans notre approche du mouvement, dans notre approche, de, dans notre vision euh, de ce que c'est le, le corps, le mouvement, la respiration, la connexion l'une à l'autre, la connexion à l'espace. Je dirais que tout ça, même si ça nécessite une intimité vraiment profonde, puis quand même une assez bonne une assez grande prise de, de, de risque dans, dans, ce, dans le dévoilement, mettons, ben ça s'est fait euh, assez fluidement puis assez euh, naturellement. Je pense que Élie, c'est comme, comme elle expliquait. Elle, elle partait en studio, elle recherchait, elle creusait, elle revenait avec moi, elle me partageait. On voyait ensemble qu'est-ce que ça donnait. On, on, beaucoup de conversations sur qu'est-ce qui, qu qui en ressort, comment on le vit, puis après, des, des ajustements, puis beaucoup de travail de comment on part de que je reçois beaucoup de choses en même temps, puis on précise, on précise, on précise, on précise, on précise, mais dans une grande liberté en même temps, tu sais, d'intégrité, je pense. Fait que ça a été ma, ma vision euh, du, du projet de l'intérieur dans, dans le processus. Ça s'est fait un peu de cette manière-là. Uh, for my last question, and feel free to add any last words that you'd like to contribute to the, the interview, but I would like to know how your experience has been with Dark Horse dance projects thus far. C'est vraiment super. C'est vraiment super. Dark Horse, il, il offre vraiment une, une plateforme vraiment bien organisée. Comme ils sont super structurés. Ils sont vraiment accueillants. Comme juste notre tech time, là, ça a super bien été, même si on, avec le peu de temps qu'on avait. Puis, moi, c'est comme une petite famille aussi. C'est ça qui est beau. On se sent, pas, euh, on se sent vraiment euh, inclus dans, dans cette aventure-là. Je pense que c'est important de souligner l'importance de ces plateformes-là. Un processus, je trouve, a besoin d'être. Mais pas tous les processus, mais souvent, on, sent, on, on, on fait tellement de constats plus clairs plus net sur le, ce qu'on est en train de faire en, en le présentant, en le partageant. Puis ça, ça enrichit vraiment le processus de, de pouvoir créer par étapes, par étapes de travail. Puis là, Dark Horse, ça nous permet, c'est vraiment un bon, un bon prétexte, si je peux me permettre, en guillemets, pour, pour faire avancer le projet, puis lui, prendre le risque d'assumer certaines choses, de les tester vraiment, puis de faire comme, OK, on, on essaie de cette façon-là, puis c'est une étape, puis après ça, ça, ça prendra la direction que ça prendra, mais c'est super, puis pour, je pense que pour, pour Blau, ça a été... C'est précieux de, de passer par ça. En fait, ça, ça pousse, ça nous permet de, de pousser les limites puis de les tester. Comme si on n'avait pas eu euh, cette opportunité-là à Dark Rush, je pense pas qu'on aurait essayé de transformer la proposition qui était à la base un solo en duo, puis ça l'amène 
totalement autre chose. Après, ça s'appelait Blood 2. Mais peut-être pas là. <rire> Mais dans le sens où ça, ça nous permet d'explorer, puis de tester, puis de comprendre mieux ce qu'on est en train de créer. Thank you very much. I've uh, been speaking to Elise Bergeron and Rosie Quentin. We're presenting a duet as part of the Dark Horse Dance Projects. Thank you. Next up, I'm going to be speaking with Mary Catherine Jack, who is uh, a choreographer presenting a work in collaboration with a musician for this uh, presentation. And uh, I would love for you to start by uh, introducing uh, your collaborator, because she's not here with us right now, but uh, she's a big part of what you do. So her name is Megan Jerome, um, and she's a singer-songwriter from Ottawa. And I guess it's not fair to say she's not with us right now. She's playing the piano in the background. We're in between shows right now, so we're going to we're going to keep it quick. Uh, so let's talk about uh, the the style that you guys do together. I, I heard briefly that you were explaining uh, how you approach her with your propositions for these pieces that you've put together, and now you've done five short works together, right? That's right. Yep. So um, I guess I would call them vignettes or vignettes style performances and that it's short um, and there's quite a bit of an element of uh, like a dramatic element to it, a musical element and then the dance element and each little vignette is a little story, um, not like a chapter in a book but maybe if you had, I sort of jokingly call us dance band, if you had an album it would be like a dance song on the album. Um, and our process is I usually think of an idea and what song would match that idea and then I just sort of let it marinate for a while and as it evolves eventually I'll send the song to Megan and then we'll have a meeting and I'll say what do you think about this and then just sort of go through do like a walkthrough of what I see happening and she says yep let's try it and that's It's a pretty, it's a pretty simple recipe, but it works because we collaborate well together. We're a good match. Wonderful and uniquely, you're actually presenting in both lineups for for the Dark Horse Dance Project. Uh, so you've got two different propositions or vignettes, uh, and from what I've seen, there there's humor in these two. Is there humor in in all of them? And is that an element that's important to these these things I guess um yes we both have uh, I wouldn't say it's I mean uh, mm -hmm. it's important in that it's great that people find it funny and laugh laughter is important but it's not necessarily I don't try to be funny it's not my intention to make a comic sketch Um, but I think just based on our personalities and what we, um, our, our sensibilities about things, our sensitivities towards things, it just, it just ends up, we just end up having a good time and therefore it ends up being funny. Yeah, and that's it. it once, once you're having a good time, we're definitely having a good time as the audience. Uh, okay, I want to talk about uh, your connection to the showcase. Um, so you did study at the School of Dance here in Ottawa. Uh, and I also learned, this is an interesting point for our Montreal listeners, that you did briefly study at Concordia. And in fact, we're in the same class as Dana Michelle. So that's 
pretty cool. Um, but can you tell us a bit about um, how you've studied and where you studied and, and what your career has looked like? Okay. I sort of came to dance later in life. I didn't um, grow up dancing. Well, you know, in my bedroom and in my kitchen and in my backyard. Um, but my background is actually visual art. I went to the University of Waterloo and studied visual art and was very, became very interested in installations, like sculpture, installation work, performance, a little bit into the performance art, um, and found dance when I was studying there. And graduated from the visual arts program with a an option in performing arts and worked for a while and then decided that I just had to follow this pa dance pathway and so I went to mom dad I'm going to be a dancer and they were just like oh my god so I went to Concordia did a semester there and then found my way here um, and I've done a lot of independent solo work I've been very fortunate to perform with um, Opera Lira when it was when they had a company here in Ottawa um, and I've been extremely fortunate to work with some local choreographers Carolyn Berrier and Kathy Kyle Fenton recently performed at the Fringe Festival um, so being involved in this project the Dark Horse is really exciting because I love the collaborative element of it and this, the, um, the fact that it's a way for the dance community to connect because when you're an independent artist, it's you're independent. You don't always have that, you don't always have that um, connection with your peers necessarily. So it's just nice for everybody to be in the same room with the same goal, with the same intention. It's amazing that Mary Pierre and Jocelyn have really fostered that and facilitated that fantastic thank you so much uh, any last words see you next year <laughs> yeah this is this is already year two for you for dark horse so more in the future um absolutely and if not as a performer in some other sort of supportive role for sure great Thank you so much. I've been speaking with uh, Mary Catherine Jacques, who is one of the choreographers for the evening. Thank you. That concludes this episode of Dirty Feet. I'm Alison Burns. Thank you very much to the Dark Horse Dance Projects team for giving me full access to cover the project this year. And also thank you to Paula Flalo and the No More Radio Network for support. <laughs>